The Diesel Performance Podcast contains explicit language. Thank you for joining us again. This is Paul Wilson. I'm Danny Voss with Nick Prignitz. Excellent. Guys, we're all in the house again after we just had an awesome interview with uh, Nicola Menarini. You got it. Whew, man, nice I've been job. practicing. Yeah. That, that's one of those tough ones. Uh, Nicola, obviously the chief engineer of the Duramax program. I don't know uh, if that's obvious people. To people, Paul. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess it's probably not. Good call. He is the chief engineer of the Duramax program and pretty much involved with all of their diesel. Learned a ton of new stuff. Got to talk about the 2.8 liter, the cruise, little little hints on the Equinox in the van. The van, absolutely. Nicola is a, a great source of information uh, as in his position, we would assume he would be. Right. Uh, very forthcoming with good technical content, too. It's a Anyone who's on the 2.8 liter, on the L5P, or looking at the new cruise is definitely going to want to listen to that episode. Absolutely, absolutely. And then, of course, we also got a chance to do some other episodes with Gail Banks, all of the UCC guys. Uh, Folks, if you're listening to the podcast, we'd really appreciate you. Jump on iTunes, rate, and review us. It really helps out with the rankings, keeps us uh, looking like it's a rational decision to continue to do these every week. So we appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Paul, everybody's been really, really great about the feedback, so... I just want to personally say thank you, everybody, for giving us that great feedback. makes me feel good about doing it as well. Absolutely. And, of course, podcast listeners, call in Duramax Tuner Calibrated Power. we got a special going until the end of March. You get 10% off on any tuning product. So if you're tuning your Duramax with LSP, your Cummins with MM3 tuning, uh, your pretty much anything else, tractors, 2.8 liters. Those are all really the big hot sellers right now. Give us a shot. We'll give you 10% off any tuning purchase at Duramax Tuner. But today, guys, I'm really excited. We're actually going to get a little bit outside of our comfort zone. Fords. Ugh, it just makes me cringe. But but I dig it. I'm actually, this is the the probably the first Ford episode I'm excited to do. I'm really interested, man. I'm I'm excited to hear what Lyle has to say about this 6.4 liter. I, I love Ford trucks. I don't know, you guys. It's my comfort zone. I I love Ford trucks, and I'm looking forward to this. You got a Ford tattoo, don't you? I do not have any tattoos. (laughs) You got to think before you ink. Oh, that's terrible advice. Terrible advice. Pick it and stick it. But today we do have Lyle Richmond from Bully Dog. How is it going today, Lyle? It's going all right. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Doing great. Thanks for being on the show, man. Yeah, no problem. I'm uh, I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. Lyle, uh, I actually was just grazing through some different diesel articles the other day, and I came across the Bully Dog DPF. I think you guys, did you announce it at SEMA, or did you announce it at PRI? Uh, we had the very first rendition and the first announcement done at SEMA, and then we also did have it uh, on display at PRI as well. So kind of showcased it at both events. Wanted to make a, a big splash with it, and we definitely got a ton of attention with it at SEMA. Um, some insanely great feedback. We had a lot of people come to us saying, you know, They've been waiting for a product like this, and they're super happy that uh, you know we're headed in that direction as far as uh, having a product make more horsepower while still remaining uh, compliant. I have so many questions to talk to you about with performance DPFs. Uh, this is something that's obviously near and dear to our hearts, being around clean diesel performance. You have a heart? Yeah, yeah. I'll I thought you were like the Tin Man. You know? Oh, quit playing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Lyle, of course, we always ask our guests kind of what got you started in diesel performance. Give us a little bit of your background with diesel. You know, uh, my background started about eight years ago. Um, I, I think it's probably similar to a lot of other people. Uh, one day I decided I, I needed a truck, and, uh, you know, I'd always seen big diesel trucks around. Um, to be honest with you, I can, uh, I can remember being a little kid in the backseat of my mom's car and seeing a, uh, 
a truck drive by me with the boy dog, uh, you know, those embossed logos on it. <laughs> and uh, I remember that very vividly as a kid thinking it was the coolest thing ever. And so, uh, yeah, about eight years ago, I, I just went out and I, I bought a 12 valve. I, uh, I knew nothing about it. I was one of those first time ignorant uh, diesel owners. You know, no. just, uh, I thought they were cool, thought they were loud. And, yeah, uh, you know, smoke and uh, you know, kind of from there, I, I graduated up. I learned a lot more about it, started modifying it. And then uh, about six years ago, I got, uh, got my job at Bully Dog in an uh, entry-level position as a uh, tech support agent. And uh, kind of from as I moved up in the company, I moved up with my trucks a little bit. I uh, graduated into an 05 Common Rail to where, uh, you know, I modified it. It made about 650 horsepower. Um, you know, I did, did things a little bit cheaper on it than I probably should have. And uh, you could tell. <laughs> I, I ended up selling that truck, and I currently reside in a 2006 uh, Dodge Mega Cab with a 5.9 in it. Uh, currently makes 1,100 horsepower, and it made it was like 2,203 foot-pounds of torque. Wow. And uh, completely smokeless, and I drive it every day. So that's kind of kind of my backstory of how I got started and graduated into the uh, the big boy toys. Well, that's awesome, man. And we're going to dive into this DPF, but you got to give me a setup here for your 1100 horsepower. What are you doing to make that type of uh, power? Uh, I mean, basically it's all the essentials. I've got a uh, 69 millimeter uh, industrial charger that feeds into an 84 high tech uh, with some custom made piping, uh, 250% over DDP injectors, some dual fuelers from PPE, and then uh, some custom bully dog tuning from us. Uh, stock bottom end, stock head besides uh, valve springs and some uh, studs. God, you, you Cummins guys, eleven hundred horsepower and stock bottom end. I, I love it. Too easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, no doubt. It's it's a ticking time bomb. But I think uh, if you ever met me, you would actually be surprised. I I'm one of those people. I drive sixty five on the freeway, and our speed limit's eighty. <laughs> so I, I treat the truck very nice. Besides, when uh, when I'm at any kind of uh, diesel events, you know, whether it's drag racing, sled pulling, or just the uh, the typical, you know, dyno events in the area. Sweet. Good stuff, man. Thank you for that that backstory there. I really appreciate that. Um, today, obviously, we're talking about this aftermarket DPF. Now, it is explicitly for the 6.4 liter power stroke, correct? As of now, yes. Um, right now, it is for the 6.4 six liter power stroke. We do have intentions of expanding to other applications, but uh, with the 6.4 Power stroke being one of the most problematic, uh, you know, vehicles on the road, especially when it came to the emissions equipment. Um, that's exactly why we wanted to target that market first. Awesome. Okay, that answers my very next question. But uh, <laughs> in that case, why don't why don't you give us a little bit of the story here for developing the DPF? Why did you guys get into building it? Um, really, kind of what was the motivating factor for providing this at all? I mean, I'd imagine an all-new DPF. We've been hearing rumors from other companies who have bailed on the project because they said it was just too expensive and too long of a project to pursue. You know, it uh, definitely is not the, the cheapest thing in the world per, to produce, but, uh, you know, we've always been on the, the forefront of wanting to try and remain compliant with all of our products. Um, there's no doubt in our mind that, uh, you know, moving forward that the EPA and other emissions, uh, you know, laws are not only going to get more strict, um, in California, but also the other 49 states, you know, across the country. So we wanted to come out with a product to where you could still have a passion for diesel. You could still, you know, make some extra horsepower, but you could still remain compliant. Um, kind of, kind of our thought process on it was, you know, back in the day, uh, you know, people had catalytic converters. The only option was to take them off. 
very similar to a DPF delete nowadays. Um, now we we have you know 800 horsepower Hellcats rolling off the line, 100% compliant, meeting emission standards, and they still have the catalytic converters on them. Obviously, being uh, much improved technology and uh, higher flow increase. And so that was kind of our idea with the DPF is we we really feel that with enough investment and the uh, the t- technology that we could come out with a product that is uh, not only going to pr- provide gains. Uh, but to also still remain compliant, you know, for those people that uh, don't have the choice to do a DPF delete. Now, I don't know if I can ask this, but I- I'm going to ask. So you said the compliant word. Is this thing carb certified? Is it's it, has it passed any um, tests for the EPA? So as of right now, we have passed the federal requirements to make this product 49 state legal. Um, I'm sure you guys are familiar with West Virginia University. They're the same uh, university that exposed the uh, the Volkswagen scandal. Right. You know how they uh, they all got caught uh, cheating the emissions. So, from my understanding, they're an offsite kind of EPA test facility. So we've had them go through and do all of our testing. Like I said, we meet the 49 states uh, federal requirements, and now we're actually in conversations uh, with the state of California and you know people there on uh, getting some guidelines set up to get it an official. EO number. Okay. So our end goal here is to have a 50-state compliant product. Um, I don't have an exact ETA for it, but we do have a tremendous amount of time and money wrapped up into making sure that uh, you know that goal is a reality. Yeah, that is awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So, Tell me more about yeah, getting involved with West Virginia University. That seems like an odd place for an aftermarket company to go. It kind of seemed like they were, I don't, I don't want to say like tree huggers, but, but they, they seem to be very much environmentalists, and that's why they exposed Volkswagen. Was that not your experience with them, or how did that work, uh, the well, relationship? Kind of, kind of the idea is we, you know, sometimes picking your enemy when you're coming up with a solution is the best way to do things. Um, I, I had no... I guess I had no influence on us going to West Virginia University, but uh, with them being kind of tree huggers, um, I mean that's the best person I can think of to uh, nitpick at a uh, you know a performance DPF. We want something that's going to make those people happy, but we also want something on on our side of the fence that's going to uh, you know keep our customers happy. Yeah. So uh, honestly, my my personal opinion is having someone you know that. Uh, you know, wants to make the environment better, that's a good person to have on your side when it comes to uh, trying to come up with the product. Sure, sure. So let's talk about your customer, right? So we, we have, you have a product that West Virginia Tech has approved. Who, you know, as a 6.4 liter power stroke owner, when am I going to consider this product? Like what, what is what is Bully Dog's idea here? Is this for, for tune trucks? Is this for stock trucks? Is this for, you know what I mean? Like, uh, do you have a, a buyer persona? You know, it's uh, it's kind of all the way across the board, to be honest with you. I guess if you really had to put a target market for someone who's going to buy this product, um, there's a few different areas. Um, One, there's a lot of people out there that their stock DPFs, they get clogged up, they have issues, and they typically end up having to replace them. With this DPF being much, much cheaper than a factory replacement, that is definitely going to be a big market that we try to push into. you know, the second customer we're going to have is we're going to have that customer that maybe has a DOT truck or a work truck, and they're going to be using that truck, you know, all the time. They can't afford for it to be down, and they're going to be, even if they put another stock replacement on there, the stock replacements are still going to have the same issue. They're going to clog. They're not going to function correctly. And so that, again, is going to be one of our customers that uh, that customer may not necessarily want a 
you know, with a horsepower gain. Sure. But they're going to want something that's a little bit more functional. Ours is going to fill up way less. It's going to regen quicker. It's also serviceable. Um, so it's going to make it a lot easier for that customer to not have to keep going back frequently buying new DBS. Um, I guess a perfect example is going to be like a DOT customer, um, you know, who's using this truck for, uh, you know, transport and has to meet federal emissions requirements. Or you're going to have that customer, let's say, maybe in an oil field or some other line of work where they have to keep their truck on all day idling, which initially plugs up a stock DPF very quickly. You know, that brings me into a really good question that I, I, I was hoping we could get into here. Can you tell us about why or what in the stock DPF or stock emissions equipment is so prone to failure? Like, why are these things going out so quickly and so often? You know... The, uh, I don't have a lot of the information on what's, you know, making them go out so quickly. Um, a lot of the times, I mean, they're just the trucks. The trucks that seem to have the biggest issues are the ones that, you know, don't get ran hard enough. So, you know, they're, they're idling a lot or a lot of stop-and-go traffic. Um, typically, people, you know, the truck's not getting a chance to actually go through a regen process. Um, but with ours, like I said, we've got a, a much bigger surface area for the filter. So even if we do have that customer that, uh, you know, possibly doesn't get out to where he can you know, get a full regen going, ours is still going to function much better than the stock one in the sense that it's going to take a lot longer to develop those problems. Okay. So it's got more capacity, so it'll take an, a longer idle time or a longer uh, time between Definitely. between regen. <clears throat> what about uh, what about the catalyst material itself? Is there anything that uh, anything about this DPF that drives it, like uh, earlier regen or regen at lower temperatures or, um, you know, more passive regen? You know, I don't, I don't have any exact uh, specifics when it comes to the regen temperatures. Okay. But I do know the, the honeycomb pores that we actually use in the actual DPF filter itself, they are quite a bit larger than the stock. Um, and then the material that we actually use on the filter itself is a little bit more efficient, I suppose, than the coating that they use on a stock DPF. So when you do have the DPF regen sequence arise, mm-hmm. ours will ignite quicker, and it uh, will ultimately regen more efficiently. Okay. So kind of the idea with the product is that, you know, you're going to get less regens, but when it does go through the regen process, we wanted, we wanted to cut that time down. Yeah. Because yeah. no doubt you can, all, you can tell when your truck's doing a regen. I mean, you're pulling a big grade and your truck goes into regen and you're just like, man, why did, why did I have to do it right now? I need my power back. <laughs> so the idea was to get it, uh, get that process done much quicker. Yeah. And, and to, to, you know, push your point a little further, the time that it takes to heat up the catalyst and the time that it takes to to cool down, you know, those transient times are important, especially if you're short tripping the truck or if you're not getting on the highway, because, you know, if you're, if you're driving the truck for 20 minutes and it needs 15 minutes of regen and you have five minutes to heat up, you know, if you can cut that time down instead, instead of having to heat up for 10 minutes, you know, you heat it for five minutes, you exactly. get the job done. Yeah. Uh, so that yep. makes sense. Yeah, well, and no doubt uh, we, we also do, you know, not to get off track with some of our other tuning products, we can initiate uh, regens and that kind of stuff to go along with, you know, not only having a better performing DPS, but uh, we can provide the software to make that process even better. Interesting. I mean, I think our listeners would be curious to hear on what platforms and how, how that works, if you can outline that for us. Yeah. So, for example, we have the uh, the Bulldog GT, uh, stands for the gauge tuner. We do have a special functions menu on there to where we have uh, DPF regeneration sequences. So say, for example, you're on the freeway, you know that you're going to be home in 30 minutes. Your truck hasn't regenerated quite some time and you know it's going to do it. What 
typically pisses people off is when they get off the freeway, they go to pull down the street, and the truck starts to regen mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, any any sane person that knows anything about the truck is is not going to you know pull in their driveway and turn it off. That that can be very bad. So with our products, we can actually initiate a regen sequence. Um, whenever you want. So if you do know you're on a long trip and it hasn't, and it's been a while since your truck regened, uh, maybe it's feeling a little bit sluggish, which it can also be, you know, a sign that the uh, the DPF is getting full. You can actually, as long as you're doing 65 miles an hour quicker, you can uh, go through and actually initiate a uh, regen sequence Just with our programmer. It. Yeah. Yep, Just exactly. And then the the other feature we offer on it is if maybe you you can't get out and drive the truck, maybe it's in your driveway. We do have a stationary regen. Uh, function on our programming as well, to where uh, the truck will basically do a high idle in the driveway, and it will go through a regen sequence there. Um, we do recommend do not have the truck in the garage, do not have <laughs> anything by the exhaust that uh, you know that can melt or you know potentially catch flame. Uh, but it is it is a very useful. Uh, tool when it comes to the uh, the DPF. I don't know, man. Forced regens and, and park are we've seen a few of them here. We we've we've experienced it and yeah. seen some customers have to do it and things like that. And uh, it is one of the raunchiest things you'll ever see your diesel do. <laughs> it really is. I mean, you thought yeah, sled pulling was beaten we, on we it. Forced regen is scary. Driving regen much much more. That's yeah. for sure. See, when we when I first found out we were going to have you on the show. I thought to myself, why are we going to talk about an aftermarket DPF? We're not having problems with DPFs. Um, but then I realized it was for Power Stroke 6.4s. Now, the yeah. other ones that I feel that are problematic are 07.5 to 09 Cummins, 07.5 to 2010 LMM trucks. I feel like uh, if you made something to retrofit those trucks, I think that would be a huge market as well. Yeah, I'm with you, Danny. I think that those other yeah. uh, and, first. And I totally agree. We've actually been doing some studies with some of our customers and you know people we, we run into, and we will be offering most likely, don't don't quote me on this because it could change, but the 07.5 to 09 Cummins is, uh, is currently our number one for our next DPF. And then uh, we do have some other applications that are kind of in the mix for uh, the third release. But uh, 07 half to 09 is, is looking like it'll be here sometime within the next few months. I love hearing that. And on that bombshell, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after word from our sponsors. Hi, I'm Phil Grandinetti, service manager at Calibrated Power Solutions. As you probably know, we install high-performance equipment for your diesel truck. Twin turbo kits, dual fueler kits, injectors, our stealth turbos, our DT750 and DT1000 transmissions. But what you may not know is that our techs can also diagnose and repair most of the systems on your truck, including electrical, starting and charging, AC, brakes, ABS, steering, and suspension. So please call us if you're having issues with any of the systems on your truck. We will help you through the process of diagnosing and repairing the problem. You can reach us at 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. And we're back with Lyle Richmond of Bully Dog talking about a 6.4 DPF. Absolutely. This this aftermarket idea of putting a new DPF on it, I think, is really interesting. I know me, my brain immediately goes to installation. Now, again, I know nothing about Ford, so... 
on the Duramax and the Cummins, the DPFs certainly are not connected with a V-band, meaning that if you want to remove them, get the hacksaw out, right? Like that's just – that's what it is. Um, <laughs> they named a saw after you, Paul. I, <laughs> I was not allowed to touch power tools. <laughs> True story. <laughs> um, so, But I noticed on this, you guys uh, are really pushing the V-band clamp, easy installation, uh, serviceable. How does that work? How does the installation work for one of these? Well, the, the installation uh, is a direct bolt-in, so uh, you, you essentially unbolt the ODPF. Uh, the way we've got the one end of the DPF is basically made to slide over the, uh, the existing exhaust and then just clamp it down with an exhaust clamp. So the idea behind the V-band clamp is nowadays is if, say, your DPF goes out there, it gets clogged up, um, you're then faced with the decision, do I just buy a new DPF, do I delete, or do I get this one cleaned? A lot of people tend to go with the cleaning process just because it's quite a bit cheaper. And so if they do go with the cleaning process, what they typically do is they, they cut open the end of the DPF in a very similar area to where you see our V-band clamp. Um, this will give them access to the entire surface area of the filter, and then they will run their, you know, their cleaning solution through the DPF to get it all cleaned out. With ours, uh, we, wanna, we wanted it to be able to be serviced much easier. So instead of cutting it open and then cleaning it and welding it back together, um, all, of, all you have to do with ours is basically undo the V-band clamp, undo the, uh, the flange on the other side, DPF drops straight out, and then you can send it off to a, uh, a DPF cleaning service. Yeah. yeah I thought they so baked the idea them. was to make it much, much easier. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, no, it definitely does sound much simpler, but I thought they baked DPFs. I thought they just threw them in, like, basically a furnace and superheated them and that's then just the blew DPF. the ash out. Yeah, that's the DPF cleaning service. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yep. That's really cool. I see that on the big rigs. I, I've yeah. always been surprised they haven't adopted that on the uh, the medium duty stuff or heavy duty stuff. So it's interesting to see you guys and getting into that. That was kind that. of our thought as well. And uh, kind of another, I guess, another point on the the V band is I was just recently last week in uh, Denver, Colorado, and uh, I actually had a federal emissions testing facility tell me that they will not they were they were not allowed to touch any DPF that's been welded back together. So with ours being. Uh, you know, the V-band clamp it makes it a little bit easier to say that, you know, this DPF hasn't really been tampered with. It's the original DPF, and it should meet their standards. That's yeah. awesome. That's interesting. Hmm. And they are getting more and more strict about this stuff. Uh, I hear stories all the time about um, customers in California, Colorado, you name it. And this is, this is why we're talking about this, because this is surfacing on our end. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I guess— course. I guess my thought goes to right where kind of where we've been at, where we're getting after the Duramaxes and the Cummins in a big way with upping the horsepower and the stock emissions equipment. And, and there's really this kind of level of uncertainty of how far you could push stock emissions equipment. You know, doing 800, 900 horsepower on a stock DPF just seems like a bad idea. Ludicrous. It is, it, it, right? But right. but we know one day it, w- it should be possible. I mean, 220 to 450, right? Like horsepower always goes up. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you guys started testing peak horsepower? Do you got something with, like, big injectors, big turbo that you've thrown at this? You know, we actually have some more tests planned in the future. As far as all of our testing that we've done right now have been on mostly stock trucks. Uh, so right now we've tested on, you know, 6.4s with our basic, uh, the SET tow tune, which is about 40, 50 horsepower. Um, we are trying to get some people lined up to uh, do some testing with some trucks, you know, maybe, you know, a, a nice big custom aggressive tune, some a little bit larger injectors and that kind of stuff. Um, our next set of testing that we do have lined up here at Bullet Dog and SET, we do plan on testing it with some of our higher box tunes to see 
what uh, kind of what issues and what that nets us. And then the next step will be to be testing on highly modified trucks. Um, so I don't have all that uh, any of that data yet, but that is in the uh, the timeline of uh, things to come. Because let's face it, uh, there's not many six fours out there that are stock. Yeah. I right. I don't know. I don't know, Danny. I mean, oh. we our market's one thing, right? But you know, you're talking about a an over the road truck market. You're talking about a you know, there's a lot of six four trucks that were sold. A lot of guys who appreciate you know having clean clean power. A lot of guys who have D, DOT regs or you know the legal yeah. implications. And we, and we still do run into that customer all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you guys kind of got to think of what Bully Dog's initial clientele is. Right. Um, you know, some some other tuning companies out there, EFI Live, they're definitely getting the race crowd. Right. Um, so someone like us, our our typical customer is not is not the customer that wants to go out there and just you know blow a ton of smoke and be at the drag strip. Um, our customer nowadays, it seems like we get a lot of the, or a little bit. Of, I don't want to say older clientele. I feel like that's mean, but uh, a little bit, I guess, more aged customer that is mostly just wanting something to give them a little bit a little bit better performance. You know, a little bit better mileage. And, you know, a lot of them really like the idea that our uh, tuning has, you know, safeguards intact with it. Um, it's called conservative, experienced customers, right? No, I yeah, like older exactly. age. I, I totally prefer that. Just gray hairs. I mean, no, hairs well, we, get, we get old guys, too, and old guys usually aren't offended by being called old guys. They're usually rather rather proud of it, where they're like, <laughs> yeah, I'm an old guy, and I want to keep my truck like an old guy. Like, I get it, you know. I know. I get that's it. Exactly. And that's, we, we get a ton of calls from people with stock 6.4s. Into our company, so we, we know the market's there. Um, we wanted to provide a solution, and so here we are today. Well, I want to say, going with the six four, I guess the reason it surprised me, and, and being ignorant, you know, on the Ford stuff, is I hear, I hear just the general kind of buzz about piston failure, about about the the motors and the engines themselves, rotating assemblies having massive problems. Um, how how do you think you guys will hold up as we start to see that? I mean, obviously, piston failure is. I don't want to say common, but a known possibility with a six four, right? Right. Well, with with ours, it does have a higher flow increase, so we do increase the flow seventeen percent. So, from from my understanding, a lot of the the pressure issues are what's causing the uh, the I guess the pistons crack on the six fours. So, we're not sure how it's going to work, but it should definitely work better than stock, in my opinion. Yeah. Given that we do flow, like I said, seventeen percent more. Um, I mean, it's not quite as good as a straight pipe going directly through, but it's still going to be allow the engine to be a little bit more efficient and relieve some of that pressure from getting, I guess, caught in the exhaust system. I'm going so to step in here. Yeah. At least a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to piggyback on what you're saying here, Lyle, and defend you against Paul a little bit more here. Um, I think that the piston failures that you're hearing about, Paul, are, are related to uh, trucks that have kind of ongoing mechanical issues, right, like failed EGRs, constantly in regen the rings are getting washed out of them they're getting oil contamination because they're getting fuel um you know in the in the crankcase washing the bearings out Uh, i mean once one of these things goes downhill and you get a maintenance issue it's just a snowball effect and the whole the whole engine goes to shit real quick um having something that is not constantly going into regen that is uh you know well maintained and and operating well um (laughs) yeah You have a much longer service life. <laughs> no, it makes sense. Start start with a good running truck. You're going to have better results, yeah. right? So, so that that's pretty logical well, to me. I'd like to step in here as well. I I think it's awesome that we have this going on with the six four, but that still doesn't mean that um, the the pressure uh, 
the being oil pressure sensitive and fuel pressure sensitive, like the 6.4 is known for, they have all these problems within that. And um, that's still, you, you think that's going to help that, that part of it? I mean, I'm, I'm just saying they still have so many more problems than just this. Yeah. It does you help. know, I, I honestly oh, can't say uh, the DPF would be a direct correlation to helping those aspects. But, That's what I'm uh, saying. They, I, I don't know. I've always been a fan of the 6.4. I've lost to <laughs> so many. You're hitting it pretty hard for being I, a fan. You do not well, sound like a fan. Well, <laughs> you sound like me right now. I love it. Well, <laughs> I think I've been sitting next to you too long. Well, I lose to a lot of 6.4s personally. They, they, they whoop me up, and then the next week they're not there because they have a failure. So what good is it to do so well one time and then to have the truck down for months? <laughs> well, okay. Okay, I hear you there. I hear you there. And I, th- I think we're... we're we've established there's more testing to be done as far as peak performance. Yeah, I mean, those guys that Danny's talking about are at the 600 level, right? Those guys yeah. are running a race, too, and those guys are deleted. Those trucks are, I mean, they're on the bleeding edge. They're getting their asses kicked. Um, I think we've established with Lyle that the, this product is not designed for that crowd. Sure. Yeah. I'm with you. Thank you for clearing that up. Because, I, you know, if you can fix this problem, maybe it'll make the guys a little bit more confident to get into a 6.4. Yeah. Well, I, I think, like he said, I'm really excited for the future to see uh, the other applications as this starts to become more and more prevalent. Um, guys wanting to repair it, guys needing to stay emissions intact or stay compliant. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a really big factor over the next five years of diesel performance. Uh, as we get into this, I guess towing is my other really big question here. So guys who tow, I would imagine as we were talking uh, to pretty much everybody, towing is is really tough on emissions equipment at times. I know you said that this will help with idle situations. How about real heavy towing? Have you guys put this thing through the paces uh, on the tow tune in some real heavy towing tests? Um, as far as a heavy towing test, we don't have one under the belt with it yet. Um but uh, there's no doubt in my mind with us freeing up a little bit of the back pressure. Um, I mean, I kind of look at it as you delete the truck. Obviously, your EGTs go way down. Um, you, your truck's going to be more efficient because it is able to flow a lot more exhaust. So with this DPF, because we are allowing quite a bit more flow to go through the DPF itself, um, there's no doubt in my mind that it should make the towing aspect of it definitely more enjoyable than a, a stock DPF in the truck. Um, will it, you know, set the world on fire and be... An insane, crazy difference. Um, not at this moment, but it's still going to be noticeable. You're going to have a little bit more power, and the truck is going to function much more properly compared to the stock configuration. Well, I'm kind of interested in that as well, as long as we're talking about EGTs, because uh, as we research more and more about emissions equipment, we find that trucks with a DPF generally operate at a slightly higher EGT level to, to try to get to that passive regen and to try to get that catalyst heated up quicker by having the exhaust already hot. As you increase 17% flow and you're seeing a drop in EGTs, what is it about this DPF that allows it to come back and still heat up quicker than a stock one? It's just the, uh, you know, all of the, uh, the custom coating that we put on the actual DPF filter itself. Um, I don't have any of the exact information on the coating that we use for it. Sure. But from my understanding, from what I've been told, is it does ignite much quicker, much you know, hotter and more efficient than the stock stock coating. So that's, uh, that's going to play a big part in the regen process. Very good, very good. I mean, that that sums it up. And I think what you're getting at, Paul, is, you know, you, you, want, you want to control EGTs to a point, right? You, want, you don't want EGTs to go over that 1,400 mark when you're towing. But having EGTs in the 1,100 or 1,200 degree mark um, is perfectly fine towing, and having a DPF that lights off faster is certainly a benefit for for DPF-equipped trucks. So it's 
it's kind of two modes of operation you're getting at there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I like the idea that during normal operation, because you have more flow, you can operate at a slightly lower EGT and you're combating that, you know, by having a better material from what it sounds like, which is common in the aftermarket. You know, I mean, that's really what all of our businesses are built around, right? Is taking the OEM and improving it. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about trucks that were built in 2008, right? So you're getting just about 10 years on, I mean, the, the technology and the improvement in the process and uh, in the products. I mean, you should take advantage of that if you own one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lyle, what other features can you tell us about the DPF that we haven't hit on so far? You know, I'm uh, trying to think back of what all we've touched on. <laughs> um, I guess just <laughs> just some of the, the cool features, like I kind of mentioned before, you, you get a flow increase. Um, our horsepower increase, we do show a, a 30 horsepower gain that we do have download charts to kind of show that information. But uh, I guess I'll give you a little bit of background on the actual horsepower increase of it. Um, our test truck was a stock, bone stock 6.4 that we threw one of our SCT tow tunes on, which is about that 40, 50 horsepower range. Uh, stuck it on the dyno, and obviously we picked up that 40, 50 horsepower range just from the tune with the stock DPF. Uh, we went through, we swapped out the DPF to our performance DPF, and we picked up an additional 30 horsepower. Um, so that kind of shows you a little bit of just kind of how there is a flow increase with the product. Um, and how we got that three horsepower rating out of there. Um, we can we you can put these uh, DPS on a stock truck as well. Uh, the horsepower gain won't quite be thirty horsepower, but it is still a measurable gain, um, and the truck still will run quite a bit better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a thirty horsepower is nothing to scoff at. That's awesome, man. No, it's I mean it's huge. You know, especially when you're picking up thirty extra from the tune, right? From what you were mm-hmm. what you were yep. initially putting on there. There. Somebody needed to do this. There was a hole in the industry right here. There was a gap, and you guys are filling that gap. So that is that is awesome. This is the first step um, of making it better. So exactly, yeah. And it's uh, it's got to start no somewhere. This is our this is our first version of this DPF. Um, there's no doubt that uh, we will get better with them. We will learn, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of ways to improve it. But as of right now, I'm I mean I'm staring at one in my office. Um, it's, it's a beautiful unit. Um, it's all shielded in a 409 uh, engraved fully dog stainless steel uh, shell. And then everything else we use on it, it is, uh, you know, nice stainless steel as well. So uh, I'm really excited to get out to the uh, the, uh, the industry. We just need to make a, a big splash about it, and I think it'll, it'll catch on in no time. That's awesome. Well, Lyle, I definitely appreciate you taking some time out of your day and uh, talking to us more about this. I know our listeners are going to be really excited for us to finally do another Ford episode and also to have a brand new DPF to listen to. I think even if they're not a Ford guy, they uh, they might dig this one. For sure. For sure. Clean power. Right. Well, it's a step in the right direction. That's for sure. Nice job, guys, over there at Bully Dog. Absolutely. Well, guys, this has been Paul Wilson. I'm Danny Voss. Nick Pregnant. Thank you so much for listening. Calibrated Power Solutions, the leading North American developer of clean diesel power and home of DuramaxTuner.com, is the proud sponsor of the Diesel Performance Podcast. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped tunes for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Jeep, John Deere, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. To reach out to the Diesel Performance Podcast, send us a message through Facebook or email paul at duramaxtuner.com or danny at duramaxtuner.com. This 
is something that's obviously near and dear to our hearts, being around clean diesel performance. You have a heart? Yeah, yeah, I'll I thought you were like the Tin Man. Oh, quit playing. <laughs> <laughs>